Hey there, this is Allie Moon. Welcome to my Lyrical Audio Candy Tour. It's also known as Lyrical Act, A-C-T. This is where we explore books, poetry, and quotes that please every taste. So come on, let's go. Literary treats await. Good morning, everybody. It is 725 July 25th, Wednesday, hump day. All right. So last night I came home from work and I decided to watch a movie. Gwyneth Paltrow was in it and she was playing the poet Sylvia Plath, who I have seen her name in Pinterest occasionally And uh, I really didn't know very much about her at all. I've only watched half of the movie because it got too late. So, um, unfortunately, (laughs) the internet kind of spoiled the whole movie for me because I found out that she committed suicide when she was age 30. So, um, but I'm still going to watch the rest of the movie. I really want to see what happens. Anyway, so, you know, in the 1960s, roughly, she was... uh, starting to basically get involved with this guy, another poet. Um, His name was Ted Hughes, which I really want to look up his stuff. And she had some babies, but throughout her life, she suffered with depression and had this obsession with dying. Uh, She was, I think she even actually tried to commit suicide um, a few times, but uh, unfortunately, she succeeded and left a legacy of beautiful poetry, haunting poetry. So today, it's all about Sylvia Plath. Now, I'm only going to read a few, but I can tell you one thing. By reading some of this, it makes me want to actually buy her book, um, The Bell Jar, because a lot of this is very, very haunting. And I like to feel deep emotion. I, I really enjoy that. Um, the one thing I did notice about the movie, though, is that she had this incredible sort of intuition and um, pit of her stomach jealousy. So, and we all know what this is about, where you're in a relationship and... Little things change, like they're acting different. Maybe they're gone for longer periods of time, um, etc. And you suspect that maybe they're involved with somebody else. And you don't know if it involves fucking or what, but it could involve something else, emotional, um, you know, intimacy, etc. Whatever it might be. And um, I'm in the part of the movie where she suspects that, and I don't know if it's going to actually come to a head, but um, that's where she's at, which leads me to wonder why people get jealous. And I'll touch on that at the very end, too. So hang tight. Uh, Hang tight. I'm going to give you a little audio candy tour through Sylvia Plath's poetry.
This is called I Am Vertical by Sylvia Plath. But I would rather be horizontal. I am not a tree with my root in the soil, sucking up minerals and motherly love, so that each march I may gleam into leaf. Nor am I the beauty of a garden bed, attracting my share of awes and the spectacularly painted unknowing I must soon unpedal. Compared with me, a tree is immortal and a flower head not tall, but more startling. And I want the one's longevity and the other's daring. Tonight, in the infinitesimal light of the stars, the trees and the flowers have been strewing their cool odors. I walk among them, but none of them are noticing. Sometimes I think that when I am sleeping, I must most perfectly resemble them. Thoughts gone dim, it is more natural to me lying down. Then the sky and I are in open conversation, and I shall be useful when I lie down finally, when the trees may touch me for once, and the flowers have time for me. I am a victim of introspection. This is by Sylvia Plath. I am so busy keeping my head above water that I scarcely know who I am, much less who anyone else is. This is by Sylvia Plath. Mad Girl's Love Song. I shut my eyes and all the world drops dead. I lift my eyes and all is born again. I think I made you up inside my head. The stars go waltzing out in blue and red. An arbitrary blackness gallops in. I shut my eyes and all the world drops dead. I dreamed that you bewitched me into bed and sung me moonstruck kissed me quite insane. I think I made you up inside my head. God topples from the sky, hell's fires fade. Exit seraphim and Satan's men. I shut my eyes and all the world drops dead. I fancied you'd return the way you said, but I grow old and I forget your name. I think I made you up inside my head. I should have loved a thunderbird instead. At least when spring comes, they roar back again. I shut my eyes and all the world drops dead. I think I made you up inside my head. I can really relate to this one because there are times in my life where, depending on uh, what's going on, Certain people come and go in my life, and the memories of them leave me happy, but they also leave me sad because they're not there anymore. So I can relate to this one. All right, this is just, there's no title or anything. 
I have the choice of being constantly active and happy or introspectively passive and sad. Or I can go mad by ricocheting in between. This is called Insomniac by Sylvia Plath. The night sky is only a sort of carbon paper, blue-black, with the much-poked periods of stars. Letting in the light, peephole after peephole, a bone-white light, like death behind all things. Under the eyes of the stars and the moon's rictus, he suffers his desert pillow, sleeplessness, stretching its fine, irritating sand in all directions, over and over the old granular movie exposes embarrassments, the mizzling days of childhood and adolescence, sticky with dreams, parental faces on tall stalks, alternately stern and tearful, a garden of buggy roses that made him cry, his forehead is bumpy as a sack of rocks, Memories jostle each other for face room like obsolete film stars. He is immune to pills, red, purple, blue. How they lit the tedium of the protracted evening, those sugary planets whose influence won for them. A life baptized in no life for a while. And the sweet, drugged waking of a forgetful baby now the pills are worn out and silly like classical gods. Their poppy, sleepy colors do him no good. His head is a little interior of gray mirrors. Each gesture flees immediately down an alley of diminishing perspectives and its significance. Drains like water out the hole at the far end. And he lives without privacy in a lidless room. The bald shots of his eyes stiffen wide open on the incessant heat, lightning, flicker of situations. Night long in the granite yard, invisible cats have been howling like women and damaged instruments. Already he can feel daylight, his white disease creeping up with her hateful of trivial repetitions. The city is a map of cheerful twitters now. And everywhere, people, eyes, mica, silver, and blank, are riding to work in rows as if recently brainwashed. Hmm. Please don't expect me to always be good and kind and loving. There are times when I will be cold and thoughtless and hard to understand. There is no title on this one in Pinterest, but I connect with this because I have many of these emotions. And so I'm going to read it to you. All right. I thought that I could not be hurt. I thought that I must surely be impervious to suffering, immune to pain or agony. 
My world was warm with April's sun. My thoughts were spangled green and gold, and my soul filled up with joy, yet felt the sharp, sweet pain that only joy can hold. My spirit soared above the gulls, that swooping breathlessly so high overhead now seemed to brush their whirling wings against the blue roof of the sky. How frail the human heart must be, a throbbing pulse, a trembling thing, a fragile, shining instrument of crystal, which can either weep or sing. Then suddenly my world turned gray, and darkness wiped aside my joy, and a dull, aching void was left, where careless hands had reached out to destroy. My silver web of happiness, the hands then stopped in wonderment, for loving me, they wept to see the tattered ruins of my formation. How frail the human heart must be, a mirrored pool of thought, so deep and tremulous, an instrument of glass that it can sing or weep. Okay, so obviously there's more. Um, what you have to understand is that she suffered from depression. So you know, a lot of her stuff is very, you know, you go see a movie and you get your Kleenex out and you're crying throughout the whole movie. Um, if I had to describe her as a movie, she's not a comedy. She's not a feel-good movie. No. She's one of those movies where... Um, you know, we all have these emotions and she, in a lot of her poetry, it's like you want to break out the Kleenex, but it's okay to go to those places. It's all right to go to those places sometimes. Sometimes you have to be in the mood for it. You know, I think um, you have to be in the right state of mind to read her stuff. That's what I feel. But if you're feeling that way, it's kind of nice to read something that can express what you are feeling, you know? All right. Um, yeah. Anyway, about her earlier life, she was born in, uh, 1932 on October 27th. So, um, yeah, I just wanted you to know, uh, it was in, uh, Boston, Massachusetts. All right. Well, I'm going to talk about jealousy now, moving along to an interesting topic. We all get jealous from time to time when we're in relationships or not even when we're in relationships. Maybe we have a crush on somebody and you get jealous when they're flirting with the person at work. Who knows? <laughs> Why do we get jealous? And I'm going to read that to you in just a second. And like I said before, the inspiration for this was obviously the movie about Sylvia Plath, but also the fact that I noticed that she was extremely jealous. And um, this could have been the reason. All right, it's insecurity. Okay, maybe you have a low self-esteem. You do not feel confident. Um, you don't believe in yourself. So obviously, why, why would somebody want to stay with you? So that is one reason. Obsessive thinking. Hmm... Yeah, she might have been a little bit obsessive as well. You know, it says she just had depression, but I think um, 
quite possibly she could have had a, like an OCD situation going on. So, um, you know, people that have OCD, they just constantly overanalyze things. They have anxiety about things and um, they just completely replay events in their mind over and over and over and they overanalyze the details. Have you ever been in a situation where you've been jealous? Like say you read a text message or a post on Facebook or a post on Twitter and when you're in that obsessive state of mind or jealous state of mind, you can kind of take that post and twist it all around and read into things and think, oh yeah, well, they must be into each other. Oh, or, uh, no, this is crazy. Think of this. Oh, well, this person uses this emoji and now suddenly they're using this emoji. They must be, you know what I mean? Like weird shit like that. Okay, we've all been there. Let's just admit it. Um, <laughs> but then, say you break up or say you go... Everybody goes through these periods of being um, maybe a little bit more sane. And you look at the same exact text message or the same exact post. And you think to yourself, what the hell was I thinking? How could I even read into something like that? What the heck was I doing? And then you regret it. You regret ever saying anything or thinking anything. All right, next reason. Uh, paranoid personality. Yeah. So there are people that go through this world who actually have a paranoid personality. Um, it's a clinical problem. And no matter no matter how trustworthy the other person is, they will just be paranoid about somebody cheating on them. So that's, that's just the way it is. But I must say, with all of this, if you have a gut feeling about something, you're, you could be right. I mean, in my life, I've been right many, many times. When my gut told me there was something wrong. But I have been wrong. <laughs> I will admit that. All right. Well, I don't know what you're getting out of this whole episode. It's hard to confront those feelings sometimes. It's hard to confront sadness and anger and jealousy, depression, etc. It's hard to confront those. But sometimes it just feels good knowing that there are other people out there that do suffer from the same thing that you suffer from, how you can go from being happy to being sad in three seconds. Um, it feels good to know. What is misery loves company? That's the saying. All right. Well, have a beautiful day. I hope you uh, can maybe pick up this book and read it. Got it. It just looks so good to me. Anyway, <laughs> I will catch you all later. Enjoy the music. If you're on Anchor, you're enjoying the music. If you're not, I apologize. So this is just your reason to download Anchor today. Okay? All right. Have a good day.